Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Steph Harmon and this is Save for Later from Guardian Australia. And I'm Michael Sun. And I'm Alex Coleman. This is the weekly podcast where we open too many tabs, close almost all of them, and bring you the best ones. My computer is currently extremely frozen, uh, but it is just for you, the listener. My laptop's full of bees. As always, what's new? On the internet, no one knows you're a dog, but they also don't know that the dog you're selling them doesn't exist. Today we're going to be chatting about the fishy world of online scams because people are trying to scam us right now, like as we record this podcast. Like literally I was scammed today an hour ago. Then I'm going to ask Steph and Alex how to soft launch my relationship. And we are going to ask Michael what the hell that means. If you stick around till the end, we're going to tell you what's jumped to the top of our list this week. All right, so this is Scam Awareness Week, and if you've spent any time on the internet, really any time at all, you've almost certainly been scammed, or at the very least had someone try to scam you. So this week on the podcast, we have the Scholar of Scam, Deputy Chair of the ACCC, Delia Rickard. Hi, Alex. How are you? Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for coming on and lending some credibility to our very nonsensical podcast. Great way to get to your listeners. I'm very happy to be here. So I think a lot of younger people assume that online scams are really for tricking our grandparents into sending money to other countries, but that's not really true, is it? Can you tell us how millennials and Gen Zs are getting scammed these days? Millennials and Gen Zs are getting scammed all the time, let me tell you. Um, but they tend to get scammed by different things to the older generation. So I'd be surprised if too many millennials fell for a remote access scam. You know, this is Microsoft, there is a problem with your computer, we must fix it now, give us access. That won't happen, that won't happen. But they'll get scammed all the time with online shopping and that's where they lose a lot of money. And they'll get scams with dating we certainly see lots of young people who get caught up and, it, it, you know, it's really sad and awful. So, yes, millennials too, and they, they're particularly likely to get scammed too, particularly if they're a bloke, by cryptocurrency scams at the moment. Woof. It is very bleak and very real that young dudes are being tricked by crypto scams. 
I mean, you say that we don't get scammed by like older scam methods like phishing, but I remember at my old workplace, there was <laughs> there was this very evil practice done by this workplace where they would send you phishing emails. And if you clicked on it, then you had to complete like an extremely long and arduous training course on how not to actually get scammed in the future. So wow. I have unfortunately been the victim of that before. <laughs> I am terrified of that because my workplace, the ACCC, is doing exactly that and it would be a great loss of faith. Oh, my god! actually be one of the ones who did click, but I wasn't meant to. I've actually also almost been scammed quite recently, actually. I've started receiving these emails that claim to be from my boss, uh, who savvy listeners will recognise as Lenore Taylor. So the email comes from her name, Lenore Taylor, and it's only if I look at the actual email address, it's not from her. They started off really like general, can you call me immediately, it's urgent, but have recently become more and more specific, saying things like, hi, Steph, I'm sorry, I can't call you right now, I'm in news conference but can you text me back immediately? I need you to go get something from the shops for me. And the fact that they're like mentioning news conference and this email is being sent at around the same time that we have our daily news conference. Like it's, it would be weird for Lenore to ask me to get something from the shops for her. But other than that, like I'm almost drawn in. I I guess my question is like, what is that? What's going on there? I suspect it may be one of these scams where somebody pretends to be a person's boss. They're usually travelling, though, not just in the same city, saying there's some emergency and they need you to send them money. Mm-hmm. It could be that the Guardian is testing your abilities to spot scams as well. Ooh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I actually had a friend who was scammed using that exact method, Steph, and actually ended up spending 200 bucks in money buying iTunes gift cards that were meant to go to a quote-unquote boss, oh. um, but instead went to a random international hacking ring, is what I imagine. But then she she then obviously then tried to scam the scammer by getting them to click on her own phishing link, which would track their IP address. <gasps> Clever. But unfortunately, they detected her scam as they were the masters of that game. Uh, what? But what is the end goal there? Like the iTunes gift card? Like how does how is that a scam? Because one of these emails did specifically ask me for a gift card. They get the code. They do. They get the code and they use it all the time because they get you then to scratch off the back and read the number so then they access the value of that. So, Delia, I've had someone attempt to scam me and ask for payment using cryptocurrency. They claimed that they had filmed me in a very intimate position while I was on an unsavory website and that if I didn't transfer them $50,000 of Bitcoin, they would release the images. Joke's on them. I don't use that website. <laughs> but something that I'm really curious about with that is surely if you're lacking the tech savvy to the point where you would get scammed... How do they end up getting cryptocurrency from you? Like, are they walking you through how to download, like, a Bitcoin wallet? I have always wondered this, and so I asked my team, and they gave me all these case examples, and what they, in fact, do, they often then, if it's an older person, they will get them to get give remote access, and they then just take over your computer. What's the biggest scam you've fallen for personally, Delia? It's all relative to your wealth at any age. And when I was 20, I was living in the US with a boyfriend and I didn't have a green card and I was supporting us and I had $10 a week to stretch out to support us. So I was volunteering for psych experiments at university and reading to a lovely young blind woman, doing anything I could to get my hands on money without a green card. And I saw an ad in the local paper. This is quite timely because we're seeing a big increase in employment scams at the moment. 
And it was a work from home thing, but you had to send off $30 to get the gear. Now, $30 was almost a month's worth of living money for us. And let me tell you, we really were poor. We used used yogurt cups as our glasses to drink out of it. It was, it was those very studenty days. Anyway, I thought, oh, look, this sounds really good. So I sent off my $30 and um, you'll be surprised to know that I never heard back and I had just oh. blown and which meant I had to cut my trip short. So it was very sad. But the serious point about that is we are seeing a real increase in um, employment scams and they're often on online job seeker type places. I know Seek's doing a lot of work to keep them off, but they're quite difficult to actually identify always. So they are back in fashion. They're just online rather than in your local newspaper. But it feels like scams are getting smarter, right? I read that Australians lost a record $851 million to scams last year. Is it the pandemic? Is it making us more vulnerable? So that was our numbers plus the 10 of the big banks plus a few other government agencies, and that came to 851. So we didn't ask everyone that was reported to because we just didn't have the resources to, and we know that about one-third of people don't tell anyone. So probably we were over a billion last year. This year we have seen an 88%, 88, 89, depending on the week, increase in losses to scams. And I think it is just as clear as anything, and I'm not talking about the cyber crime that, you know, attacks big government and private sector businesses. I'm talking about regular people and some small business people. We will be losing, I would say, at least $2 billion this year to scams. So it is enormous. Close to double what we lost last year. What types of new scams are we falling for now? I mean, other than the ones that we've mentioned, obviously crypto is a big one. What are the most prevalent ones that our listeners should be on alert for? There's been a whole lot of scams that have linked to COVID. So we're seeing more ID theft than ever. So, you know, whatever you do, when you get those, you know, win a Woolies voucher for $50, do this survey where there'll be a lot of innocuous questions, the peanut butter to Vegemite, whatever. And then suddenly it'll be, what was your mother's maiden name? What was the name of your first pet? That's how they get a lot of this information. By pretending to be the government during COVID, when people were having more interaction with the government than usual and Mm. being contacted in ways the government doesn't usually contact you, they managed to get people's superannuation details and access the early access to super stuff. They got driver's license, Medicare numbers, everything they need to impersonate the person. So that was a real shocker. The big scam we're seeing at the moment is scammers pretending to be Border Force. This happened to me today, Delia. This was literally today. I told you it was current. <laughs> it is big business. It's big organised crime. And they look for efficiencies just like all other modern businesses. So uh, you tell me if this is what happened to you, Steph. Normally you get an electronic voice message telling you that a parcel's been intercepted, I think probably yep. in your case, Steph, and evidence of illegal bad yep. doings, and you'll be arrested and you need to press one. That's right. So instead of pressing one, I hung up and then called the number back because it actually had come to my phone on what looked to be a regular Australian number. And I called that number to see who would pick up because I wanted to record some content for the pod. (laughs) But what ended up happening, um, and I didn't end up recording it because it was just a lovely old Aussie bloke who had no idea what was happening. He has, it's happened to him quite a bit. Somewhere along the line, his mobile number has been intercepted and used for this scam. And he said, like, yep, keeps happening to me. Don't know what to do about it. I'm not bored of force. I can tell you that for nothing. I mean, full respect to them. This is an incredibly complex scam that has obviously, there's been a lot of thought and effort put into actually making the scam work. There's something when you're really scared, 
your brain functions differently. You process information differently. And a lot of people, particularly people who are new to Australia, don't understand how the systems work here, will be terrified that, you know, there is a parcel out there in their name, even if they haven't done anything wrong, and will just follow the directions for how to give them payment. They will demand money and they'll get it. Well, obviously, I feel like this is a scam that works on fear, but I've also heard of like more recent scams which operate on something that everyone loves, which is puppies. Alex, you were telling me about this. <laughs> yeah, so I've been um, attempting to acquire a canine companion for a few months, and in my efforts to try and get a dog, I have come across so many scams and been warned so much about scams. When I eventually did manage to find a trusted breeder, I got sent photographs of the puppies with huge watermarks across them because she told me that people were always stealing pictures of her puppies to use as scams. What's up with that, Delia? First of all, what sort of puppy did you get? A Havanese. It's, it's a couple of things. It, scams, the cost of dogs has gone through the roof, first of all. They've gone from you know, 2000 to 9000 and the scammers have absolutely cashed on in on it here, Vietnam, US, UK. They steal pictures of cute puppies off the internet. You do, they set up these fake websites or they go on Facebook Marketplace, Gumtree, one of those places, and um, they email with you and they get you to fall in love with a puppy. It is not hard to fall in love with a cute puppy. They will ask for this exorbitant sum of money for it. And then they will say, oh, because of border closures, you need to pay more for this. And then they'll ask you for money for a COVID safe crate. And we've had over $3 million worth of losses to puppy scams. One of the reasons why they're successful at the moment, the ABS came out with this really sad bit of research fairly early on in COVID that the number one response of Australians to COVID was loneliness. Well, it sounds like one thing that all of these scams have in common is that they've become so much more multifarious as in regards to what platforms they're actually on. You know, in the old days, it was mostly an email scam or a phone scam, but now it's on like every form of social media, including even I was, I think I was scammed recently on Depop by a 17-year-old seller in the UK who sold me a very expensive vintage sweater and then never sent it. And now it's too late to open a dispute with, with PayPal. Um, what are some of the more common platforms that scammers are using nowadays? Scammers are everywhere. We see them on Facebook Marketplace. We see them on Gumtree, though Gumtree is doing a lot of work with us to try and get them off there. I would assume anywhere you are online, there's a possibility that scammers will be there too. And I, you know, I've certainly been scammed on Instagram and sent off twice, in fact. One, something never turned up, and the other, this gorgeous Indian embroidered, lovely looking thing turned up as a piece of nylon with a bad print job on it, which looked like it had been done with a texter, and it was so disappointing. What can you do about something like a sort of scam where you buy something on Instagram and then something completely different shows up five months later? I mean, in theory, you can shoot Australian consumer guarantees work with overseas companies in practice enforcing it. Good luck. I would let the platform know straight away. I would write a bad review about the seller and put it on as many of the review platforms as you can. And I would also go to my bank straight away and if I paid for a credit card, see if I could get a charge back on it. And I mostly do what I did and learn from the lesson. I never buy anything without doing a Google check of reviews of the seller anymore. You talked uh, a bit earlier about crypto scams. I'm wondering if you can talk us through what 
this is and how it works. I blame Elon Musk, amongst others. <laughs> so do we for everything. This is a safe space for blaming Elon Musk. It's the big thing. And I think people, even if you weren't born when the first tech booms hit, you know, hear all the stories about people who got in on the ground floor with Google and Facebook and made a lots up. And so people want to be part of cryptocurrency. In Australia these days, it's not fully regulated. I think only money laundering laws apply, but, you know, we don't have licensed exchanges and those things yet. And most people haven't got a clue. First of all, I don't think that people realise how even legitimate cryptocurrency is highly, highly speculative. And scammers are pretending to sell cryptocurrency and they make these fake sites with their charts which show the money going up and they make promises of high returns and low risk, which is not how investing works. And they play on people's, various of people's emotions, but they are clever. This is the thing you almost slightly admire about scammers. So these days they will usually let you take some money out after a period. So that gives you trust. So then you invest more, you tell your family and friends about this fantastic discovery you've made. And in the meantime, the so-called, I put it in inverted commas, legitimate cryptocurrency is out there and it's being reported on in the news all the time. And, you know, you see news breakfast posts say, well, I've just been playing around in cryptocurrency. This is how I went about it. Yeah, yeah. And People don't have the skills, the tool, to tell the difference between what's real and what's not real. So, Delia, you kind of blamed the uh, dark influence of Elon Musk for people's current obsession with crypto. But um, I've heard about scams and one in particular using the image of beloved Australian culinary icon Maggie Beer to sell fake CBD oil. What? Can you talk to me about scams that use celebrities? Celebrity endorsements of scams happens all the time. Poor Maggie Beer is used with these gummy bear, what do you call them, marijuana? Weed gummies. And she is out there telling the world. We see people like Waleed Ali, um, Koshi, a whole range of Australian celebrities, Dick Smith, um, Twiggy, all being used in fake cryptocurrency ads which appear on social media. And people lose a fortune to them. And we just need to know that, you know, if people are on a good thing, why why aren't they just buying it themselves? Why are they out there telling you? And because a face appears, it doesn't make it legit. And the Guardian should be careful because what we've also seen is we've been doing a lot of work trying to crack down on celebrity scammers and putting a lot of pressure on platforms. Um, But we're also now seeing them do fake news stories. So they'll do fake ABC news stories that looks exactly like you're on the ABC website talking and they'll get some famous person that they make up extolling the virtues of this. And, you know, I could well see them targeting The Guardian like that because they mm. look for trustworthy sources. So um, it's a problem. Personally, I will only know that I've made it when my face is used as the face of a scam. So basically <laughs> what I'm asking is where is the saved for later scam, you know? Like wh- <laughs> why has no one used our humble podcast as a basis to sell weed gummies? Uh, it could come. It could come. All right, we're going to be taking a quick break. And when we come back, we'll be talking about my boyfriend, who is definitely real and not scamming me. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. 
United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Michael, you, you need some help. I do. I asked you guys to help me soft launch my relationship. Just like the singer Phoebe Bridges and our collective queen soft launched Paul Mescal, the chain wearing, extremely hot Irish man. Definitely don't describe him by any of his skills, talents, or profession. Just, just go straight to the hot man with the gold chain. Does he wear chains in real life, or is that really only a Sally Rooney thing? Does that matter? I feel like he might be forced to at this point. Like his brand is so tied up with. And for listeners who don't know who we're talking about, it's the star of Normal People, the series based on Sally Rooney's book of the same name, who shot to fame by wearing um, very, very small, thin chain necklaces around his very large and muscly neck. (laughs) Uh, Okay, what is soft launching? I understand this phrase as it relates to like uh, a new marketing campaign or a product line being launched very quietly without major fuss so that they can iron out the creases. Just like we did with our podcast. Exactly. What is the application of this to the internet, please? Well, I feel like the the best way to explain this is by telling you what Phoebe Bridges actually tweeted on the weekend. She said, Paul thinks Thousand Island is called 100 Years Source. That tweet doesn't make any sense. Like, how would that be a soft launch? What is her endgame here? Well, it's actually been part of a very, very long saga that obviously, you know, began last year. Where's Paul? Hey, what's the crack? What's the crack? Um... What's the crack? It's good to meet you. Good to meet you. When Phoebe and Paul were seen to be interacting on Twitter, they were on Instagram live together, people were really speculating about whether they were together. I don't really do well in the heat. And as you can see, I'm like quite burnt and a bit sweaty and a bit red. So Yeah, that was my thought. I was just like, wow, he looks super gross. You know? (laughs) So she tweeted it on the weekend and that seemed to be confirmation that they're involved in some way or another... And then hours later, they're seen on the red carpet. Paul, Phoebe, together at the same time! So there has definitely been this breadcrumbing strategy involved in opening this relationship up to the public. So why would she want to breadcrumb that if her plan was to hard launch? Because it's all about the intrigue. It's all about building <laughs> brand awareness of this unit as a couple. Oh, it's horrible. Oh, so is this like when someone posts a like background silhouette of someone on their Instagram stories and is like, my heart, and you have no idea who it is? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The origin of the phrase actually dates back to July of last year. You guys might know Rachel Senot, who is a big New York City comedian and star of the movie Shiver Baby. Um, she tweeted, 
Congrats on the Instagram soft launch of your boyfriend. Brackets, pick on story, elbow and side profile only. So Alex, you're absolutely right. Yeah, soft launching as like a marketing concept has been around for a very long time. (laughs) I mean, every restaurant does a soft launch or a soft open so they can get their service right before the general populace kind of starts descending on them and they get slammed and busy. Very weird that people are corporatizing their love lives. Is it weird or is it 2021? Maybe it's both. I feel like a how-to guide that I have seen um, and that I would love your thoughts on is from Sydney comedian and TikTok star Lewis Hansen, who gives a very specific four-step breakdown to the soft launch. How to stop launch your relationship on Instagram in four easy steps. He says, number one, the photographer handhold. That's the classic dating shot where... Someone's hand is holding yours, but their back is to the camera. That's what a Kardashian did, right? I remember this. I think it was Kourtney Kardashian, Travis Barker, and obviously because the hand was heavily tattooed with Mm. identifiable tattoos, I think that's how Travis Barker was actually identified, um, which unfortunately does not apply to everyone. So Lewis Hansen recommends. Step two, couple selfie, hoodie concealing faces. Mm. Step three, photo of partner's crusty dog. That's a key one. Very specific. But I think it's a staggered thing with that where you see the dog once and go, they saw a dog. And then you Mm. see the same dog over and over and go, how do they know this dog? Mm -hmm. But step four, I feel like it's actually quite damning. Partners back at the art gallery. I personally, if I saw anyone post a photo of anyone's back at an art gallery, that is a confirmation. That's a hard launch to me personally. So you said at the beginning that you wanted a little help. You also mentioned that you have a boyfriend. Congrats. Thank you so much. I guess my first question about this kind of genre of internet is like, do you need to ask permission of the person before you put them out there, even if you're just tiptoeing them out there? I think it depends on how much you want to risk their discomfort. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's the idea behind soft launching, though. Maybe you're also soft launching how comfortable they are with being on your feed. I think that's absolutely a step in self-launching and it's the reason why I actually have now reached out to him being like, can I self-launch you? He's given me the okay. So now it is up to my loving brand consultants, both of you, to help me actually define this PR strategy. (laughs) Just quickly, what's the why of this campaign? Is it mostly because you just can't be bothered telling people with your mouth? 100%. And I also feel like it's because I don't want to have to go through the interrogation process that I'm sure is going to accompany this episode very shortly, but I would like to, if at all possible, just, you know, cast the net wide, let people figure it out for themselves, no more intrusive questions. But, I mean, surely you're aware that as soon as you post even the softest soft launch, your DM is going to be filled with people asking, who is that? Who did you tag? Whose dog is that? But DMs are easier to ignore, um, whereas I feel like in-person conversations are not as easy to switch off from. That's true. You can't leave a person just talking to your face on unread. (laughs) I'm wondering, is it something that's happening a bit more in lockdown? I mean, obviously people have started new relationships through apps, through other ways of meeting people, but haven't been seeing their friends enough to, I guess, soft launch it more naturally. I feel like you've stared deep into my soul because (laughs) obviously mine is a whirlwind romance that started in lockdown, but it definitely seems like a great tool, right? For for people who have also had a similar pandemic experience to slowly re-enter society as opposed to all at once overwhelming influx of like everyone's friends coming together. Because I've seen this done very beautifully in the past where you can marry the soft launch of a new 
relationship with a thirst trap really, really easily mm-hmm. where you have a very intimate photo of yourself that has been taken in an intimate setting, a.k.a. a bedroom, and then you camera credit in the caption saying camera <laughs> credit, photo taken by, and then tag the person. So the only person who's going to be able to take that photo of you is a new partner. And I think that's a really savvy way of looking hot on grid and self-launching a new relationship. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's also good grooming for a future as an Instagram husband. <laughs> that is excellent advice. Um, if you if you see me shirtless on the grid, no, you didn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, you won't, you, you won't be setting any traps for us, Michael. Obviously, I mean, as we know, Nora Ephron said everything is content, but... She did not say that. <laughs> as Nora Ephron would have said in 2021, everything is content. But it still definitely does feel a bit icky to realise the ways that we have all played into our personal brands and the ways in which, you know, like self-launching someone is a way to further your brand, whether or not it is actually a functional tool to also avoid interrogation from friends and family as well. Because like, what is the point of constructing a brand if you're not trying to sell something? And as a human who isn't necessarily an influencer, although Michael, you're an influencer in my heart, like, (laughs) what are you trying to sell? Is it only the idea of yourself as something? I think I would probably be looking deep into myself and extremely honestly, I would be probably be signposting that I am now a stable and happy person as opposed to the extremely manic, chaotic presence that I wielded on social media before this. So if the idea is to signify to everyone that you're in a stable and happy place, I think you've said more on this podcast than an Instagram caption ever could, mate. Stop revealing my ulterior motives. Consider yourself soft-launched. Well done. Now it's time for our little farewell section, top of the list, where we share our favourite things for the week ahead. Michael, what have you been obsessed with this week, aside from your new boyfriend? Um, I'm a crazy person who um, enjoys listening to breakup music despite being romantically fulfilled. So I have been obsessed with Snail Mail's new album. It's called Valentine. It's been a long time coming. I'm obsessed. I can't stop listening. I can't stop almost crying to these songs, even as I have no relation to them. Thankfully, it's, it's pure sad girl territory. And Steph, what about you? I'm recommending the second season of Love Life, which you can watch on Stan. So it's an anthology series which follows a different character from their first love to their last each season. The first season was Anna Kendrick. It was really great and fun, but I think season two is even better. It stars William Jackson Harper, a.k.a. Cheedy from The Good Place. He is very un like in this. It's a really great show. Alex, what about you? I'm recommending a book this week. It is called Love and Virtue, which is the debut novel by Diana Reid. And it is a very rare thing in Australia, which is a campus novel that is actually Australian. I've been reading it all weekend and I'm about halfway through now. And despite this book being about campus rape culture, it's a surprisingly fun read with heaps of really well-observed and bitchy descriptions. My favourites. If you like the show, you should rate and review us in whatever podcast player you happen to be listening on. And if you're looking for more episodes, just Google us or go to theguardian.com forward slash saved for later. This episode was produced by Miles Herbert and Joe Cody, who also wrote our theme tune. And the executive producers are Melanie Tate and Gabrielle Jackson. We'll catch you next week. 
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.